Hey everybody, welcome to uh, the Real Talk Podcast. Today on the show, we have Andrew and Heidi Hutton coming to us uh, from well, Fergus, Ontario, and they're going to be talking about Life Renewal, a uh, very important organization. So without further ado, I guess I'll throw it over to you guys and you can give us a brief introduction and then we'll get to your story and, and what Life Renewal is all about. So thanks guys for uh, coming on. Thanks for having us. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. This is, um, it's great. It's really good to be here. Um, yeah. We're, um, Andrew and Heidi, we're the executive directors of Life Renewal. Um, and yeah, we're, we've been involved in Life Renewal. As participants since, in 2016. Yeah. So really? five years. Yeah. yeah. Five yeah. years now. It's good stretch. <laughs> so yeah, it's been, been a pretty crazy ride um, up to executive director now. So yeah, we're excited to get into it tonight. For cool. sure. So Thanks. I guess maybe talk about how you first came to be involved with Life Renewal and then we'll work up the, uh, the chain, how you got to executive director and, yeah. and all yeah. that. So. Mm-hmm. Sure. so what, um, what we like to do is kind of tell our story and yeah. it gets, um, that kind of, that kind of sets the context and I guess that's the, sets the tone. So, um, I'll start. <clears throat> um, I got involved in life renewal and I'll just cut to the chase, I guess, um, cause I was struggling with pornography and masturbation, um, very heavily. And, uh, it was, it was ruining our life. Uh, it was ruining my life is ruining our marriage. Um, we have two girls and it was just had a massive impact on the family and mm. that had been going on for 15 years. So since I was nine, wow. um, and yeah, it got to kind of got to a breaking point, I guess, in 2016. And um, I remember the night very clearly. And uh, I was sitting on the couch in our little tiny basement apartment. And um, I had just confessed to Heidi about watching pornography and about masturbating again and about hiding it again multiple times, mm-hmm. which is uh, even more of a, a betrayal. And um, yeah, I, we had gone through that, you know, we'd gone through that a couple of times, um, but it was, uh, it must've been serious this time because Heidi took her rings off. The rings mm-hmm. came off. She said, put them on the table and said, um, this, this stands for our marriage. So, um, we can't keep going on like this. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that was kind of a breaking point. Uh, it was kind of, I guess, rock bottom or yeah. what we chose to be rock bottom. Yeah. And, uh, I reached out to my um, I reached out to my elder at the time actually, mm. and um, I'd reached out to an elder before, and I had gone through counseling a couple of times and had made a bunch of other um, steps towards healing, but uh, it hadn't really helped. Um, so, but my elder took it super seriously, which was awesome, mm. and uh, we met the next day basically to, uh, to discuss kind of where to go from here, how they could, how they could support and how they could help us. And, uh, um, it was good. It was good. We just had a, had a, had a, you know, probably an hour chat, but at the end of the meeting, he did something for me that, um, probably changed. I think it changed my life. Um, no, I I don't think it changed my life. It did change my life. And he did, he did something that no one had ever done for me yet. Uh, up to that point, I guess, is he connected with me. He connected me with a brother in Christ um, in the area, and he was struggling with the same thing. Mm. But he had found a measure of healing, and he was open about it and transparent about it. And um, he had told my elder that, you know what, if there's anyone else that you come across 
uh, that need someone to talk to, mm. send them over. I'd love mm. to chat. Mm. So that's what happened. And I got I got his phone number and I called him up and I knew him. Right. And, <laughs> and it just was like, what? <laughs> it's you? And and that kind of started a, an amazing, like, authentic, transparent relationship between me and this brother. And mm. and we started meeting once a week and just praying and, you know, working through a bit of a study that he had gone through. Um, wow. And even then, that, so this was before life and it was like February 2016. Um, and uh, I started to get a get a measure of healing already. Um, but I guess it's also maybe important to say like that um part big part of life renewal journey is not just to deal with my pornography issue um that's kind of what you know brought me to the door but um uh pornography was uh numbing a, a level of pain that i had that was um yeah i didn't even know mm. i didn't even know i was struggling with it and um and up to this day, I'm still kind of uncovering it and, yeah. and learning what it's about. But uh, when I was nine, I lost a brother mm. um, in an accident. And at nine years old, I actually didn't even really know what was going on at a, at a nine-year-old level. Um, and I think I learned at an early age that I can fly under the radar. I can, you know, be the shy, shy kid. I can... Um, kind of numb my pain with with either retreating or avoiding um and as i kind of grew up into you know puberty and adulthood that's kind of that kind of and once i discovered pornography it actually gave you know it gave actually a lot more than just numbing mm. it was numbing but it also gave a sense of of obviously pleasure um so it was more than just uh yeah it was more than just numbing it was actually uh an adrenaline rush mm. so i think um once i got connected with this brother in christ we were able to kind of start at least tackling the the real very real obvious issue um and then we then we enrolled in in life for no in september yeah wow yeah wow <laughs> thanks for sharing yeah that's <laughs> yeah, must have been tough yeah man yeah does it get any easier to share that the more you do Yes. The story just keeps unfolding, I think. The story keeps unfolding, and I keep learning more. I mean, it, it does get easier to to just start. But mm. I think it's um, it's amazing to realize that God didn't do an amazing work in, in my heart in 2016 only. Right, yeah. He, he's still very, very much alive yeah. in my life today. So... Um, yeah, it's still kind of a, a difficult topic to talk about, you mm. know, pornography and sexual sin and, and masturbation and how that has, you know, had a massive impact on my family and our marriage and on my own life. But I think it's, um, we were just chatting about this the other day, is that it gets easy to say that part. Right. It's easier to say that part because that mm -hmm. happened, you know, five years ago, mm. right? But it's still, it's still hard to talk about sin and pain and mm. suffering and um my journey is is far from over and it's and it's still yeah. it's still very much you know happening today so the story just changes and, mm. it, and it grows and it 
you know, and that's kind of what we're excited about. Uh, also, is that you know God's not done, mm, no. right? Yeah. That's a massive, massive event for me, first year of life renewal, but um, God's not done. Wow. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm I'm definitely not as uh, stable emotionally as him. I think, <laughs> but anyways, but uh, still being worked on there too. Um, so my story is definitely a little bit more layered, a little bit more complex, and we're sharing in the context of a tight knit community, right, sure. where people know each other. Mm-hmm. So um, I think uh, the goal for me is to share more of the focus on the impact of my pain mm. and how that presented itself, rather than the details that the pain originated from. So, and I know that a lot of the listeners um, that might consider attending the program, that's a big fear that holds them back from sharing their own stories, right? Mm -hmm. Is what if people know me, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, and I'm no stranger to that too. I still wrestle with that here. So um, the reality is uh, my story, like so many other people's overlaps with everybody else in your, in your circle, in your Mm -hmm. families and your schools and your churches. And, um, but it's incredibly important one thing I can say we're doing that here too is uh, it's important to share with safe people. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's one of the hopeful things I can start my testimony off with is I've definitely learned um, how to have a key group of people to share that last 10% with Mm -hmm. people that, you know, if they were to say, Hey, I know this not about you. I can say, yeah, that's true. And there's no bones in the closet left anymore for me. Mm. Um, so growing up, um, I guess child to elementary years for me, I was definitely one of those, um, kind of keen students type a, um, kind of rolled through a very hard, uh, hard worker determined. And, um, I did that out of shame and performance, right? I kind of believed the lie. If, if I fail, uh, nobody will love me. Um, and I thought it was very much uh, conditional of people will love me only if I can perform. Definitely still working on that one. Um, But as a young child, I definitely dealt with uh, daily anxiety and it was absolutely overwhelming. I would physically go and hide, maybe not in school, but other contexts. I would just go and hide because I could not cope with the stress. I didn't have the tools to know how to do that. Um, So you kind of fast forward through high school and our adult years. Um, Definitely still straight A student. I excelled in school. Um, but, uh, being a social butterfly, I also found myself being a fixer. I definitely, uh, ran around rescuing friends if they were in trouble. Um, I enabled a lot of behavior that I saw very Mm. much people pleasing. Um, so what that afforded me, the perceived payoff for that was I didn't have to deal with my own pain, right? I was in a lot of pain, but I didn't even know, um, how to articulate that and definitely didn't know who to go to, to talk to about that. Um, so in my teens, in high school, and found myself in a number of unhealthy dating relationships as well. Found myself in some pretty dangerous situations. Um, but for me at that time, good and healthy relationships felt very unnatural. So um, by the time Andrew rolled around, I was like, I'm done. I'm not doing this thing anymore. <laughs> Forget it. It's I'm a hopeless case. Um, I would say we were 18. We weren't together yet. And we had a sudden death of a friend. And um, two weeks before he passed away, he'd exchanged our emails with each other. And we met up again for the first time at his funeral. Um, so that was uh, that was how we started our together journey. Uh, a bit of a, a bit of a rough start, to say the least. Um, but that kind of brings us to a bit of what brought us to life renewal. Yep. So we got mm-hmm. married. Um, 
I would say at that point, I had already been in and out of counseling, Christian counseling, secular counseling, um, several different forms of that. And, um, you know, you get a measure of healing. And, and that was true for us. We went together, I think, a few times while we were dating as well. Mm-hmm. And just stuck, stuck in conflict, mm-hmm. stuck in pain, and did not know how to get out of that cycle. So in high school, um, entering or dating, um, I was definitely dealing with a lot of anxiety, depression, flashbacks, um, dissociation, uh, just dealing with a lot of PTSD kind of symptoms there. And I was just hanging on to God by thread, literally just hanging on to him by thread. And um, I was, I can't quite remember when it was, but I think it was about 19 years old and I actually had a suicide attempt and, and I didn't really share that with anybody because I felt couldn't even succeed at that. Right. And that mm-hmm. was definitely a pretty hopeless spot to be in. Um, but I could excel at my catechism and my pre-confession. Like I could reiterate the truths of the gospel. I could reiterate them verbatim. Um, but they didn't resonate in my heart. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's, I, I could say it at head level, but heart level, um, it didn't ring true for me. Mm. I really wrestled with that. A lot of questions of God, if you're a good God, why do you let this happen? And where mm. were you when this happened? Um, so we wrestled that out a little bit during our dating. Um, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Minimizing. <laughs> I hear it's a thing. Um, but I, I did really feel um, detached from God at that point, even though I'd been born and raised to know who he was. Um, we got married and found myself back in counseling again. I had two kids, counseling on and off again. And um, yeah, there was at that point, um, dealing with the betrayal trauma from pornography was just overwhelming, right? Um, it was very hard to um, gain any sort of emotional elu- uh, balance. Yeah, equilibrium. There you go. Mm. It was very hard to get back on my feet again, right? Because you would just heal from one um, confession and then find ourselves having to deal through that whole cycle all over again. Um, And that was really hard, especially for someone who strives at looking perfect, right? Having your life together. And that was me. Um, Some of the unhealthy ways, I guess, that I dealt with or didn't deal with my pain um, looked like uh, developing an eating disorder, right? Because I could control food. I can control body. I can, you know, control the amount of pain I want to be in. Um, And that's something that started, I would say, probably around age 10, really young, you know? So that was something that I carried into my marriage. And I have two girls, right? So if you have an active eating disorder in the home, that's that's devastating. How do you how do you raise two kids with that? Um, so that that was very much part of our life. And um, you you mentioned that you got some help with that brother in Christ. Um, I think we talked about it. That time span of when you got help and when we both enrolled in Life Noel was what seven months, give, give, or, take, give or take. Yeah. In that meantime, I I didn't have help. I, I was angry. I was stuck. I was bitter. I was blaming you. Um, and and that was a really awful spot. But I had a friend come over and she just said, hey, how's it going? How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. No. How are you? Mm. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. The third time she's like, come on. How are you? And I just, I let it out on the table. I said, my rings are off. I'm not good. Our marriage is in shambles. I don't, I don't know what to do. I had, I think one of the girls was napping inside and one of them was running around and, and I had just confessed to the fact that 
what looked good on the outside. It was just an absolute mess. And um, so she gently recommended, she didn't say, well, you're kind of broken. Like maybe you should check this place out. It wasn't like that at all. She actually saw me as a human being. Um, and she just said, hey, I care about you. Would you consider going to Life Renewal in the fall? And I was like, I don't know what in the world this is, but we'll give it a go. Why not? Mm. Um, so I went and um, initially, if I'm honest, I went to help him <laughs> to fix his sure, problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I didn't have any that the, I was willing the, to admit to. The fixer mentality. The <laughs> fixer, right? Like it showed up again. So that's sort of what brought yeah. us to Life Renewal initially. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's quite the backstory. <laughs> yeah, that's unreal. Like, thanks for sharing that. That's like, you're welcome. Um, yeah, I'd like to hear what happens after that. So, how yeah. do we go yeah. in life or no? Yeah. Well, yeah. so you went together. We did. We did. Yeah. So, we went yeah. together. We enrolled together. Is um, that a common thing? Like, to... it happens. Okay. It does happen. It does yeah. happen. Uh, there's pros and cons. Right. Yeah. To that. I'm sure we'll sure. get into that. Yeah. Just yeah. More specifics, but yeah. Yeah. So we. We enrolled, maybe just a quick addition to our story and and um, something that I kind of was um, opened to at Life Renewal, like something that God showed me through Life Renewal is that, you know, I figured that, you know, when I got out of college, then, you know, pornography would, I would, I would quit pornography. That's done. I've had enough of it. Mm. I was like, no, that didn't work. I thought, okay, maybe once I get a girlfriend, then I'll, then I'll stop watching pornography. Mm. Like, no, that didn't work. The secrets just got deeper. I thought, okay, maybe once we're engaged, then I'll stop. Like, that's enough. And that didn't work. Mm. And then I figured, you know, maybe once we get married, then it's then it's getting serious. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll stop. But it just, I didn't. I just got better at hiding it. And by that time, we had smartphones and the internet. And, yeah. and then it was like, once we had kids, then I was like, oh, maybe mm. then I'll stop. And it was just a constant buildup and a further digging into the pit. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to mention that because it was a really obvious uh, pattern. Mm-hmm. Now I can see it, mm-hmm. right? right? But in the midst in the of moment, it, I yeah. could not see it at all. Right. So I got to Life Renewal. We walked through the doors. I was like, I'm ready for whatever it is. <laughs> and I was like, I am not ready for that kind of exposure yet. <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> so we didn't come right. in at the same place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, we didn't. Yeah. Is that something that you would... Uh, consider a weakness in in the approach like just for people for advice for people like if you're going to come together you know be on that same page or uh, is it uh not necessarily right because does it just do yeah. its work it just does its work i would yeah. i would say because at the end yeah. of the day we're we're in separate groups i mean we'll, we'll get into that a little mm. bit later but yeah. um i was there to answer for me mm. i was there to um just share my story speak in the eye perspective right not to speak to Andrew's struggles and and his concerns, um, but to take that radical ownership over my own life. Mm. Um, so he could have continued the path he was going on, and I still had hope. I still had an opportunity to walk with God, mm. um, and I could have done that even if he would have chosen not to deal with his issues right. and and vice mm-hmm. versa. Right. Yeah. So right, I think right. that would be the hope that I would offer to people. Right. Is you know even if your uh, spouse or or loved one, even if it's family too, right. They choose mm-hmm. not to seek that healing through through Christ. Uh, there's still hope for you. Yeah, right. It's not just a package deal. Yeah, and it's like the groups are split up between mm-hmm. men, men with men, and women with women, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's uh, you know we went together. Yeah. Um, and obviously we came back and discussed our own journeys together with each other. But right. while we're there, it's yeah. you're very much part. So. Right. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it important to go with that that what you described like that 
feeling of being ready to lay everything on the table or was that just your experience that that was my experience <laughs> yeah right um it's definitely like i cannot speak for other other people that go but that was definitely my experience but mm. is that a same, helpful attitude to it's very helpful so um it's, it's kind of that cliff diving right you know it's it's mm. we can speak to kind of the general what we've seen in our experiences over the years i think um <clears throat> i know in in my first year as a participant um, there were different levels of sharing. I was kind of the dark horse that was like, well, hey, uh, so-and-so just opened up, so I'm just going to go for it. But I shared from the bowels, like, of depth, mm. right? It was just, um, that was pretty deep. Um, but then you're kind of gauging how the next person's going to share, Yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, there were definitely different levels of sharing. Mm. But that takes weeks to unfold, mm -hmm, right? People right. need to learn how to safely trust. Mm. Um yeah. And, and for me, that was probably the biggest part was learning how to trust. But I was I was so desperate at that point. I was willing to just give it all out there. Um, but that's not the same story for everybody. And uh, yeah. I don't think so. And I, I, yeah, for me, it was it was amazing. Absolutely mind blowing to see the facilitator who leads the small group mm -hmm. um, share first. Yep. Right. Right. And it's very, very simple. Like it's written down. I can even just read it. It's like I'm at life renewal because I struggle with blank. Right. Right. And yeah. and every, each one goes around the table and that's that's kind of what you do. You read that off and then yeah. you fill in the blank. Right. Right. And you wow. went first. Right. Yeah. I was just like, okay. We're going well, there. Let's next. <laughs> well, right? but now you can do it. Yeah. But now you can do it. And it's right. a safe space and you yeah. can you can learn, you can start to learn how to own it. Right. Um and you, it was just incredible. Yeah, mm -hmm. you use that term radical ownership. Is that yeah. part of the like life renewal lingo or um, what's that all about? I can't remember where that originated from, but <laughs> Heidi made um, it up. I yeah, <laughs> yeah I was like, to get the cool, copyright cool on phrase. that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't remember where we came across that phrase. I think we just saw it lived out um mm, yeah. imperfectly and definitely over a long period of time. But um yeah, we both had to do that, right? Because yeah. if I live my life blaming other people for my pain, um I'd stay stuck. Right. And, and then I can't let Jesus heal those wounds. Mm. So I had to take some ownership. Mm -hmm. That's sort yeah. of how my life got to be unmanageable in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's a 28 week program. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. yes and it was it the same program back then, like in 2016 yeah. too. Yep, yep. For sure. So you did yep. it for the 28 weeks and yes. so maybe we, speak to that journey. Yeah. That, that was uh, like. I was like, whoa, that's a long period of time. Yeah. That's what Tyler said. <laughs> yeah. That was my first. He's like, oh, I, I thought, thought it was like eight, thought eight thought weeks. I thought it was eight for some reason in my head. But no, we were just saying, we we're just saying on the way up. Uh, that's, yeah. that's, that's a comment we hear a lot, right? It's, whoa, that's long. That's a huge time commitment. Um, and we were saying that on the way up, you know, you said, I've been struggling with this for 26, 26 years, you know, at the time we're 33 now. But, um, so if it takes 26 years to struggle with something, 28 weeks, 20 weeks is like a little blip, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's a deeply habituated sin pattern, right? That develops over time. Right. So, mm. um, if you ask someone who deals with explosive anger, um, do you ever struggle with anger even a little bit today? Um, I think an honest answer would be like, well, I definitely still have to wrestle against that. It might mm. manifest itself differently, but it would take weeks and weeks and weeks to, um, to learn what's driving that behavior. And not mm. just focus on behavior modification, right? Um, 28 weeks to me is a blip. It wasn't even, I actually went back and helped to facilitate and I was still learning afresh. Some of the concepts that went way over my head the first year. Right. It was so much mm -hmm. to digest uh, in a good way, 
right? You're just grasping onto like, okay, let's work with this new tool. Let's uh, implement something different here. And I, I, I got so much value out of it going back yeah. again. Yeah. And we see a lot of repeat participants, not because they failed the first time, um, not at all. And I, I see it as a huge, brave, beautiful thing if they can come back. Yep. Yeah. Seasons of life look different a year from now, two years, three years from now. Mm-hmm. And relearn like relearning these tools and implementing them from a different vantage point uh, holds a lot of value. Mm. Too. Yeah. So one of the one of the things like, you know, getting into um, getting into like session one or session even. Yeah. Session mm-hmm. one is when the small groups start. Yeah. And it was. Um, yeah, it was it was amazing to to see the openness and the honesty in the group right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And obviously you you're you're owning your own journey, right? So you can share to whatever depth you want. Right. Um and but it was just incredibly encouraging for me to have, you know, first of all my facilitator start and then mm-hmm. a bunch of other guys were like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is how I'm here. This is how why I'm here. And and for me to say the say it out loud, you know, in in front of a group of guys was just was huge on day one and then the rest of the journey was kind of being able to unpack why i was going to pornography right Mm. the the pain beneath it um and honestly when we first started going you know the uh the videos that we watched at life for Noah, they were talking he was talking about pain right and i was like i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) right what are you talking about i'm not in pain i don't have emotional pain yeah um but the the concept was that you know yes you're going to I was going to pornography because I was in pain I was mm-hmm. numbing the pain with pornography mm-hmm. um, and it was just like whoa that kind of opened my eyes quite a bit mm-hmm. to something to something beneath the behavior mm-hmm. right I think also too one of the beautiful things about um, life renewal is it provides an opportunity to have safe people be a blind spot checker for you right. Mm. Um, because denial is definitely a matter of blindness. You can't see what you can't see. But if you ask loved ones in your life, you know, if I were to improve one thing or or have a behavior or a priority changed that would greatly benefit you, what would that be? Chances mm. are kids or a spouse could say, well, where do you want me to start? Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, could, list, right? I could yeah. take this in any direction, yeah. right? Right. Um, and, but a, a small group was, um, they're not counselors and they don't, um, they don't overreach and tell you, you know, this is how I can fix you. They listen, they sit with you, but there is um, how the work is laid out throughout the year um, helps you learn how to do that at the foot of the cross. Um, but they use those people to encourage you. You know, if, if you've really struggled that week with your particular drug of choice, they'll say, Hey, how did you do? You know, I know this is a particularly hard time of day for you. They're checking in throughout the week and saying, mm-hmm. how did that go for you? You have a, a a win, or um, you know, a, a longer period of time between sin patterns. Like they're celebrating, they're praying with you, like they're encouraging mm. you. Yeah. Um, but they're also able to say, you know, hey, I see you reacted in this and that way. What, what was going on for you? Um, they're not counselors. Mm-hmm. They are for for me. It was sisters in Christ, like being able to just sit there and and just hear um, where God was leading me, and they didn't run away. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's stuck around. Yeah, they stuck around. Yeah. Was a big part of it sharing the story to just like to start. You said like you just like, hey, I struggle with this and just to get it off your chest because 
Like we talked about that on the grief episode a bunch, mm-hmm. how people deal with grief, which is a bit, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's in the realm, I suppose, of, of yeah. trauma and pain <clears throat> just to get it off the chest and share your story. Like I'm assuming that's what you do in like the early weeks, right? Yeah, actually. So uh, when I listened to that episode, um, I think one of the things that we talked about that really struck us was the concept of, you know, grief isn't closure. It's opening that door. I think mm-hmm. it's sort of the concept that they yep. were talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we said exactly like that's that totally sort true. of our yep. experience in the program was, um, and for me anyways, keeping that bottled up, keeping that to myself and hiding that shame going, if people knew me, they couldn't love me mm-hmm. at all. They just couldn't. Um, those lies began to break. Right? God used other people, their physical presence as an extension of himself to sit in that room and go, I'm not going anywhere. And I still love you mm-hmm. and you're still worthy. Um, yeah. And, and to be able to, um, for for myself anyways is be able to as i learned more about my own journey and what's underneath the pornography and mm. why i was going to i was just mm. every week i was learning more about god yeah and every every week i was learning more about how much he cares right yeah about my struggle about my pain about the um about my life about my family about my marriage and it was just it was amazing to have my eyes open to the to how big and how present and how like obvious he is Mm. right and um yeah like for me the journey the journey through pornography was just incredibly blinding Mm. i just couldn't i couldn't see where he was i couldn't see where god was you know showing up for us i couldn't see Mm. i couldn't see anything i could i I knew like heidi said i knew my catechism and i knew scripture and but i couldn't actually you know feel it see it Mm. uh, actually tangibly see any sort of representation of it right and i got that through the brothers who are in my group and as i continue to dig into why i was actually going to pornography mm. wow. yeah. yeah yeah i'm curious about the the program itself like i mean i mean i don't know how much of it you want to explain yeah. week to week but is there like some kind of a, like themes that run through the program and that mm-hmm. like um yeah what can people expect like we talked about on day one when you go there and yeah. How that can be freeing, but what about moving forward yeah. through the whole thing? Yeah. Yeah, you want to start? Yeah. So the um I guess the premise of the program, 28 weeks, it's broken up into three books similar to these. Um, this is book one. There's mm-hmm. two other ones. And um it's a series of kind of explain the title, the first one, yeah. right? This first one is is from three steps from denial to hope. And then the other one is darkness to light. And number three is walking in freedom. Walking in freedom. And then through the books is basically fill in the blanks, um, follow alongs to a series of videos. Mm. And the videos were written and produced by um, Freedom Session. So we use a program called Freedom Session at Life Renewal and it was written by a pastor. Uh, I guess he probably had help too, but it was written by a pastor and his wife, um, Ken and Bonnie. And uh, they're from out west. So they produce these videos um, and we watch a video every week. And then uh, discuss in the small group what we watched that week. And then uh, there's a bunch of homework that correlates th- to that. Oh, yeah. And then you come back the next week, discuss how your homework was, watch the next video. And then, yeah. and then it mm. continues on throughout the, throughout the 28 weeks. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I would say uh, what you can kind of expect on your first, I don't know if that's sort of where you want to go, but yeah. um, to kind of explain what it looks like to walk through. Uh, if you're like us, we totally skipped the intro night. We were a little bit terrified and did not want to come. 
so we showed up on session one. So we got thrown right into the videos, 45 minute video, yeah, give, or, give take, or take every week. And that's a large group setting where the men and women are sitting together. We totally hunkered out in our little <coughs> corner of our, our church. And um, uh, we had our books. We did, like you said, the fill in the blanks. And then we broke off into our gender specific small groups. So I got to pick mm. my facilitator, which was great. Right. Um, so typically in each location, there's um, two women's groups and two men's groups. And, okay. and that varies a little bit depending on uh, how many are available that year and also how many participants enroll. OK. Um, I would say group size ends up being about anywhere between four to six people. That's kind okay. of what's recommended per mm -hmm. small group, mm -hmm. just because you only have 100 percent of the time to share. Yeah, if sure. you're 100 percent of the time. Mm. So if you're ladies, you try and push it. A little bit yeah. more. Uh, no, you guys were, yeah, you were a bit more chatty. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't have picked, if I'm honest, I wouldn't have picked the people in my group. I, I got to pick my facilitator, but I didn't necessarily get to pick uh, the yeah. ladies in my group. And I mean that as a compliment to them um, because uh, I didn't know a lot of them, or at least not very well. Right. And um, I, I would have wanted all the people that I really knew and liked and already got along with and had strong friendships with. And uh, that wasn't the dynamic in our group. And it was mm. actually very, very uh, encouraging mm -hmm. um, mm. and helpful. And at the end of the year, at the end of the 28 weeks, um, yeah, there was definitely some uh, deep-rooted uh, friendships that formed, but also just a huge appreciation for the bravery that it takes to mm -hmm. to do life alongside of each other. Yeah, for that sure. That time frame. Yeah. 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 Does and like, does everyone who go there, who goes to Life Renewal have like a, a problem that they recognize or is it more of just like, oh, I want to try this out sort of thing? There's a mix. That's a good question. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's, there's a mix. Typically, um, there's a problem. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, but we have had participants who have gone uh, and there's not a very obvious problem. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or they're curious. Touch on that. Right. We, we get a lot of two. Um, I don't know. I just kind of heard it's the thing to do. Um, we even get some people that are actually just lonely. They're looking for friends. Right? They just want to mm -hmm. have a place to come. Um, but it's pretty hard to coast on that. Mm. Right. As you have sessions. to give a bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you do. Right. Yeah. And um, if someone says I'm coming for um, a sibling, well, our spouse. Our, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. Yeah. Um, the homework is geared to. Um, address your own life mm. right it, it, it doesn't negate the fact that you're impacted by other people but um you're not sitting there to tell other people's stories yeah right. um so there are some people that come and go i don't even know why i'm here and they're a couple weeks in um or some people go i i've got like 20 reasons why i should be here right you're gonna get right a, 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 you're not sure which one it is <laughs> you're gonna get yeah, a wide right. spectrum so i right. found that the homework was helpful to articulate that okay so um, sometimes the feedback we get from the program in general is not all the points landed on me. You know, mm -hmm. um, he talks a lot about addictions or he talks a lot about trauma or he talks, you know, a lot about these big, heavy hitting things. And that wasn't my experience. Some people might say that. Um, and that's fair because it's, he's trying to cover a huge range of people's experiences. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's kind of like you eat, eat the meat and spit out the bones. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Like, right? is there techniques that he has that like apply to all these different scenarios or he kind of just goes down certain rabbit holes? And he goes down some rabbit holes. I, I, I find, but in a, in a helpful way, because you're trying to, you're hitting both genders. First of yeah. all, yeah, right? you're talking sure. to men and women, you're talking to different age demographics. 
Yeah. Right. Some are single, some are married, some um, are bereaved. Right. So you're going to cover a huge, he covers content wise, he tries to cover as many of those categories as possible. Mm-hmm. Right. But at the end of the day, I think most people can say I can relate to sin yeah, and yeah. I claim mm-hmm. to have a savior. Yeah. Right. So right. He, in, in that sense, um, the homework and, and the video content interacts with that. Right. Um, one of the tools maybe I can speak to one of the tools was um, that I found particularly helpful. I think that um, every tool lands a little differently, but for me, there was one that talked about um, describe a situation that happened this week that was either painful or a point of conflict for you or something frustrating, even if it's like stuck in traffic. Sure. Mm. Mine, mine usually weren't so <laughs> trivial, but um, anyways, and, and I would have to describe that situation. Well, most people can relate to that, right? And they articulate that. And it goes, um, do you believe God cares about this issue? And oh, yes, you know, I can regurgitate that again. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. sure, check that box, right? Mm -hmm. Um, How does a person believe, uh, no. How would a person behave? How would a person behave if they knew that God cares about this issue? Again, I can head knowledge, write Mm -hmm. that down, you know, they would be respectful or they would pray about it or they would talk about it with a friend or they would take responsibility for their outburst or whatever. Mm, yeah. And it goes, um, how did you respond in the moment? And I had to list, you know, how I actually responded in that moment. I withdrew or I was angry at my kids or I mm. returned to social media to numb the pain or whatever it was. Um, and it goes, how do your actions show what you believe about God? Well, that's not a fun question. That's not a fun question, no. right? And and it just challenged you to kind of just stop that thought process of checking the boxes of going, of course, I believe. Yeah, yeah, right. Of course, I've got this together. It yeah. actually just challenged that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about how the program unfolds every single week is. Uh, yeah, and it's, and it's very yeah. step-by-step questions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I, I I love that tool too because it, it, it's just so well. <laughs> love hate, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, but it's it's very eye opening, right? right? And I, that's the part I love about it is is we can you start to see you can it bring brought me to a point where you can see a pattern mm-hmm. yeah. you can't j- see it before, yeah. right? And it's like oh man, I was totally stuck in a pattern. Right? I do this every time. I do this yeah, every time actually. And, yeah, and there there's was... an, another one where that mm-hmm. that kind of question and answer was placed in a chart, right? right? And you can mm. chart that particular situation, and it works you backwards from that situation to what perhaps triggered you to actually, you know, start behaving in that way, or what actually triggered you to start down that rabbit trail that you usually go down. Right. Um, and perhaps we should start talking about that instead of, you know, 10 steps down the road where, mm. you know, I was struggling with pornography by that point or yeah. I was watching it or mm. um, right. perhaps we should start thinking about three hours ago, what mm. actually triggered me on? to, you know, start feeling bad for myself, you know, rolling in self-pity. It's like, oh man, now I'm feeling emotionally painful <laughs> and now I should, I got to find something to make myself feel better. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. How about we walk ourselves back to, mm situation mm-hmm. right yeah. there were just a lot of tools i think that were really helpful um one of them was called the sobriety check um again i just want to be clear it's not about behavior modification right if someone's obviously running around murdering people you want to stop the behavior yeah, it'd be fair to modify that a little bit right yeah. that you know the same with pornography or an eating disorder right if someone's in harm or harming others you want to stop that but that's yep. not where you want to stop like 
Right. Mm. Um, the sobriety check was a weekly, uh, honest look at your life of when you were likely to relapse or when you actually did relapse and you had to just do a check mark Sunday. Did you relapse Monday, Tuesday, on and on. And then you had to share that with your group, mm -hmm. you know, your right. particular struggle or your particular drug of choice. Did you go and indulge in that, um, withdrawal or television or whatever it was mm. did you did you overspend again you know like whatever it was that is your drug of choice did you make that insane decision which you know is choosing to do the same thing over and over again expecting mm -hmm. a different result did you do that yes or no just yes or no and yeah. um what i noticed for myself was every weekend every single saturday sunday i absolutely relapsed with what mm. i was wrestling with and then it, like you were saying, you had to unpack what's going on when that happens. And, right. and for me, it, there was so much of just giving control over during the week. I was primary caregiver to the kids. Andrew would come home on the weekends and we'd have to have this push pull of, do you have a confession? Am I going to feel threatened? And we would just mm. around and around we go. Yeah. But the beautiful thing was you could also see when God started to heal that. Right. And and the groups were able to celebrate with each other and say, do you notice you actually had a week where you didn't do that thing you do? Mm. Um, and you're doing that for each other, checking in and celebrating, too. Well, that's, cool. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. What uh, type of uh, addictions or problems you see people coming in with? Like you mentioned pornography, obviously. Yeah. Alcohol, like uh, abuse. Uh, yeah. Like you mentioned social media, even. Like, is that something you're seeing, too? Yeah, I would say so. Um, kind of from the perspective of executive directors, sure. I, I, maybe I'll speak from that perspective first, is um, is, is different than what we would see as maybe participants, right? Um, executive directors, we hear kind of the worst of the worst, right? right? Mm. Because a lot of that gets dealt with in each small group before it gets to us. Um, I would say the top three that we've seen probably the last two years as executive directors would be abuse is the very first one. Um, we're talking domestic childhood abuse, that sort of thing. Um, that would probably be the number one thing, right? Well, um, I would say the second one was suicide or suicidal ideation, like the thoughts of suicide, um, and hard drug use, um, which overlaps with alcohol too, right? Sometimes we see them go in tandem. Um, we're not experts on any of those, mm -hmm. right? It's just well, what comes up, yep. up to yeah. our attention. Um, but maybe you can speak a little bit more to what the general things are, right? Like those are just mm. the manifestations sure, right. of yeah. other things. Yeah, those are, those are, um, yeah, those are the ones that we, we see, mm -hmm. right? And, and I think it's important to say that out loud and mm. just say that it's happening and it's out there and it's, but there's, mm. um, that, but that there's actually a lot of hope yeah. in, um, in what God's doing. Um, but I think in general, yeah, they're like the ones that you mentioned, like pornography. When I went, uh, our group was mm, like maybe five out of six. Yeah. The guys yeah. were struggling with pornography and mm. that's exactly what they were there for. Yeah. And yeah. I think and it's fair to say, I, I would say it would be a low estimate to say that a quarter of the women struggle with it too. Yeah. Mm. Pornography is definitely not just a man's issue. It's, yeah. And it's something I've struggled with as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah so yeah. that's, that's a big one. Um, yeah, alcohol for sure. And um, we had, uh, yeah, but beyond that, it's. You, it, you have the average, you know, people pleasing, rescuing, withdrawal, yeah. um, apathy, right? Yeah. Just like meh. 
don't really care what's going yeah. on in other people's lives. Yeah, and right. some people show up in group and saying, I'm just, I just don't, I'm not really connected, right? Not really connected to people. Not mm. really connected. I don't really feel like I'm connecting with God on a regular, on a regular week. Um, I'm Jealousy. just looking for something more. And, well, yeah. and they're just, yeah, they're just there because they're looking for something more. And they maybe have heard of life renewal from a friend or um, read some of the testimonies online. And it's just like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so they're looking for, yeah, yeah, a new, a new, uh, stage, I guess. Yeah. A new chapter. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's kind of like the ones that you, you mentioned, but it's, there's, there's a bunch of them. Do you get a wide age range too? Or is it more younger people or how does that go? Um, so uh, again, we we don't always know what the the whole age category is across all the locations, but um, it definitely is eighteen and up, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's sure. and just and that makes sense. But um, I would say we've had anywhere between the age of eighteen. I think we've even had all the way up to eighty four. Mm-hmm. Right? Wow, wow. Right. Um, I would say in general, we're probably hitting the twenty to forty year range, though. Yeah, is probably the yeah. average, if I hazard a guess. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And do you, do you see any generational trends that way? Like in terms of the issues people come in with, like, is this stuff from like a long time ago? Or like you mentioned abuse is like, yeah. Number one, like, is that, yeah. Is that like a, a big issue today still, or is this people talking about their past? It's, it's huge, right. For, um, for a lot of people. Um, but if you think about, for instance, someone who's 20 years old coming into a program versus someone who's in their eighties, you can have eight decades worth of um, garbage, if you will, to dump and pain to dump yep. versus someone who's in their 20s. Right. right. Um, so uh, I think from that perspective, um, I, I'm not sure how to speak to that really, but what would you um, say? I think to answer your question, mm-hmm. it's probably mostly to do with um, past. Mm-hmm. Okay. Past um, issues. Um, but I think it does generally. Um, I guess what the program did for me is it connected my past um, pain mm-hmm. to current day behavior. Gotcha. Right? right. So that does happen. Uh, that's like part of part of the actual program. So I think, um, yeah, we might be we might be opening up um, about pain and emotions that we kind of went through as a child to teenage to adult mm-hmm. years. But it may open our eyes to how it's manifesting today. Right. right. So yeah. I went to life renewal because I had pain right now. It was yes. today. Yeah. Yeah. That mm-hmm. makes sense to me. Right. And that's kind of what brought me through the doors. Yeah. But when I'm recogn- what what I recognize through that is like, wow, I had, a, I, I actually have a lot of pain to, that led me to this point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right? So, so, so typically it's kind of, yeah. it's kind of both. Yeah. yeah no, I get what you're saying. Like yeah. the pain, like all humans, whatever age you're going to experience yeah. pain and then it, manifests itself in different ways mm-hmm. yes i guess what i'm trying to more ask is like is there specific problems like you think of pornography typically that's gonna be a younger person's issue especially but not always obviously but typically yeah, yeah. and that's been you know around readily available mm-hmm. really with smartphones for over a decade probably yeah. at least yeah but then i'm wondering if if there's patterns with with older folks because like how long has life renewal been around uh, before before we got on before board, we so, got um, <laughs> what would you say 2012? Yeah, I think, I so. think is they had their first pilot group. I'm yeah, I could be wrong on that, but I think it's around there. Yeah, so mm. it's been around for a while, and it's definitely covered a lot of ground for age yep. and 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 social status too. Yeah. But um, at the end of the day, sin's not new. Yeah, no, <laughs> right, yeah, and, for sure. and running from pain. So people will fight. When they're in in pain, they'll they'll flee, or they might accommodate or freeze. Right, those are kind of typical responses, and that 
might look different throughout the generations. Yeah. Right. right? You know, you had mentioned earlier the smartphone came came to us middle of dating. It mm-hmm. totally changed how the struggle looked, but at heart level, yeah. Same it issue, was yeah. masking pain, right? Yeah. So same issue. it may not have looked like pornography um if you didn't have access to it the same way as it did when you finally did have access to it and same with as Mm. you know um as a child some coping strategies that served me really really well as a child Mm -hmm. may have looked like one thing but really do a lot of damage now in my current relationships and so i think sin (laughs) sin's a common denominator (laughs) right but so is is the savior Mm. right so i mean you that's why it works you can have all those different demographics in a group and have it still work really well Mm. we don't we don't typically group people off into this is the pornography group or this is the um the grief group or this is you know they're all intermixed um it has its challenges but it's also really a beautiful facet to it as well Mm. um because at the end of the day I'm a sinful human being. My life is unmanageable. That's why I'm here. Yeah, and then I need help. Being pointing, being pointed back to a savior that doesn't just stand in solidarity with you because right. he gets it because he's he's lived a human yeah. life, but he has the ability. He's the only source of power to pull you out. Mm. Right? And I think that that kind of bridges that gap. Yeah, oh, that makes a lot yeah. of sense too. Because yeah. if you're coming at it from different um, pain manifestations, yeah. it's probably easier to spot. Like, so if you struggle with suicide, when you have someone with pornography in your group, yeah, vice versa, you could spot each other's uh, patterns, I would, I would think at least. It's, yeah. it's a learning curve. Even if you can't relate to it, yeah. a lot of the emotions behind it. Mm-hmm. The same I know what source. it's like to be afraid. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Or I know what it's like to feel betrayal. Right. I know what it's like to feel challenged with my pride. Mm-hmm. Um, you might not be able to respond or, or relate rather to everyone's experiences. Um, and we definitely saw that in our group. Um, both as a participant and also as a facilitator um there's a lot of times people say i don't know if i belong here because i don't share the same experiences as everybody else right um but you go but you do know what it's like to feel this um sadness you do know what it's like to experience loss and joy Mm. right and that is something you can kind of come alongside of each other with yeah 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 i'm curious like you mentioned like life becoming unmanageable like Mm -hmm. and, and hitting rock bottom or like or having a moment like that, um, it, is that a, a common theme like that most people see, or is it, or is it something like, Oh, I heard of this. I kind of want, would just love to join life renewal just to mm-hmm. see what it's like. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that, and then if you approach it without having, you know, quote unquote hit rock bottom, does the program do that for you or does it, um, is there like, you know, a different way it goes about like, you know, not to, it obviously right. exposes something. In, yeah. Uh, but. Maybe I can speak to what the first session kind of covers a little bit. Is, okay. um, yeah. It touches on uh, when Jesus was saying how um, I didn't come to heal the uh, those that aren't sick. I'm going to botch that one there. But it's uh, I think it was referring to um, it's not Ma- the healthy, the Matthew the doctors 9, right? Sick. Healthy, yeah. healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Right. Yep. Um, <laughs> and that was kind of his first. It, that was his charge there. Right. Was yeah. uh, I didn't come if you're not broken. Mm-hmm. Right. Like when we think of broken or my life is unmanageable, we think, oh, no, people bleeding all over the place. Right. Yeah. Um, aren't we all? Yeah. Right. Yeah, we, yeah. we claim, you know, to be inherent sinners and, and broken people who need a savior. But it's like what today in what way today do you see that you need him? Mm. Yeah. Right? And, I mean, so, walking, walking into session one for me was like I knew a yeah. bunch of those people. I didn't know a bunch of them, um, but it was 
that it was just another group of people, right? right? Looking from the outside, you couldn't tell that anyone had, you couldn't tell that I was struggling with pornography. Mm. You know, I I walked in here today and you didn't know that about me. Yeah. Right. And, um, I think it's, it's amazing to sit around a group and actually start using, putting words to things Mm. and, Mm. you know, either hearing it from your facilitator or hearing it from the video teaching where you're actually being given words to put to what you're going through. Right. Right. And it perhaps, perhaps someone will show up when they're not quite sure why they're there. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think as they share, as the, their group members share on the table and as they listen to the video, um, it won't necessarily bring them to rock bottom, but it will start Mm -hmm. peeling back some of the, some of the, um, blinders. Yeah, because I, I think there is definitely sometimes a stigma that like funeral is just for the really broken people. Mm. Now, I happen to fit that bill, I thought, you know, when I first came there. But then I started to realize that, you know, I can get a, I can get a grip on something like um, my eating disorder or I can get a grip on rage and hostility. Um, but if I think that's a one and done, that I don't mm. need God anymore, then right. what kind of a savior is he if I don't still need him today? Mm. Right. Um, but if I still struggle with jealousy. Or perfectionism or people pleasing, uh, or even just an apathetic eye to the hurt that's happening in this world, that just shows I still need Jesus today. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I think yeah. that's that's important, right? Is we're we there's a mindset sometimes that can be um, well, I only go to these things if yeah, I'm right. really broken. Then right. then I'll take an honest look at my life. Right. But if you think about you can even do a good thing with the wrong motive. Yeah. Right. Yep. You can um, you can of, save money, or you had an had an example. You no, know, one of the one of the things that we we talked about early on, I think, in our journey through mm-hmm. life renewal, is our rock bottoms looked completely oh, different. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. My rock bottom was had a cellar, right? <laughs> right. I just kept digging. It's like, right. Yeah. right. Once you're in a hole, you should probably stop digging. <laughs> yeah. But. And and Heidi's rock bottom was quite a bit higher. Yeah. Right. right. She had a had a, a more of a sensitivity to what I was doing. And the impact was was hitting you much earlier than it was hitting me. Mm-hmm. Right. right. I was numb. I didn't feel anything. So I didn't have a rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Right. But what I learned is that you can actually choose your rock bottom. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, okay, I can actually I can decide to walk through the doors to life renewal or I can decide not to. Mm-hmm. Right. And you can actually decide where your rock bottom is. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, now this is this is it. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And or I could just keep digging. Right. Right. And I think that, that, that was very eye opening to me. Uh, and it was actually quite freeing as well to sit around the table with a group of guys and go, yeah, yeah. I probably should have done this a long time ago, but yeah. here right. I am. Yeah. Sure. Is yeah, it? I mean, that's uh, an encouragement for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, definitely. Sure. Uh, going back, I'm trying to think of when we had Pastor Al on the, on the podcast. It's probably yes. about a year ago, I guess. Was on, yeah. We talked about uh, life renewal a little bit. I think it was on the podcast. Right. Is um is this like a replacement for the twelve step program? Does it work alongside the twelve step program? Like what do you do if you have like a serious for, alcoholic okay. or or drug abuse yeah. situation? Right. Or even counseling or like yep. yeah, like what say you went through like secular counseling, Christian counseling. Yeah. Yep. So maybe we'll speak to your to your point first and we can kind of um flesh that out a little bit. But um so we don't replace um those uh, very specialized programs mm. at all. Um, in fact, it's not uncommon for people to show up and go, huh, okay, I I actually need some, (laughs) you know, more specialized help. And for them, it's for us, that's, it's definitely not a loss 
um, ultimately in God's kingdom, if someone says, this is actually a better fit for the season of life that I'm in right now to seek that, um, either if it's psychiatric help or, um, counseling or, um, or what, or, you know, rehab, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. I, I consider that a huge win if someone's willing to step out and say, you know what? Um, this this is amazing. It it was a springboard for me to be able right. to to seek that healing um, in another arena. Um, we don't hold the market on um, <laughs> on healing. Right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. that's that's God, yeah. right? Um, so no, I I it's not uncommon for okay. people to show up and and either relapse severely, and and it would be irresponsible of us to say don't use those other resources. Yeah. It, mm, that yeah. would be we're not counselors. Yeah, we don't yeah. replace. Um, church council support uh we actually want to really work alongside of them and not usurp them right like that's not our, yeah, right. our goal at all um yeah. so we've definitely had instances where that has occurred where yeah. people have sought that specialized help and in fact when participants enroll online right there on the website as they're enrolling it says are you currently under the care of a therapist mm-hmm. or um are you on any medication you know and, and the reason for that question is um First of all, we want to recognize that those things exist and and people need that extra help sometimes as well. But also, if it happens that someone really struggles in a group and is in over their head, the facilitator knows that and can say, hey, does your doctor support your attending here? Right. And it just it's it's really helpful for everybody. Right. Okay. we definitely recommend those uh, professional resources, too. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's not, uh, yeah, like Heidi said, doesn't replace the 12 step programs. Basically mm-hmm. what pastor Ken has done in life for no, or in freedom session, um, is we've used some of the 12 step language, mm-hmm. um, and kind of, uh, I don't know what the word is basically reformed it, reformed yeah. it to yeah, brought God into it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and made it Christ centered, fully mm-hmm. Christ centered because in a, I think in a traditional 12-step program, you can pick who your higher power is. Or yeah. you can decide um, through through freedom session and, and through life renewal, it's only Jesus. It's mm-hmm. Right? Right. And and it's it's written right into the steps. So it still uses actually the 12 steps. Right? Oh, interesting. And it has, but they're all, they're rewritten. Right. Um, but it's the similar journey. But what it brings, uh, it brought me to is a point going recognizing that I was I was in denial. Mm. I was numbing my pain with pornography and if, and I need to take this to Jesus. Mm. Right. And, um, through that, through that process and being able to walk through the, you know, the journey of, of a Christian, um, we could use the same language of the recovery journey Mm -hmm. to make it more accessible and to make it more relatable, Mm. um, and maybe understandable. And, but at the end of the day, end up at the cross. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah I, mean, I was, was going to ask you something else, but now I'm, I, I got a different question. Man. Um, how much of that, like, I guess life renewal is, is it's obviously biblical. And, and yeah, like you said, you end up at the cross. How, um, is it different from like, uh, I'm thinking like a secular counselor could help you out with mm. say, like getting past say a pornography addiction and, um, be maybe making that, um, a manageable problem or, or making you or allowing you to understand how to get past that particular sin. Mm-hmm. Right. But it doesn't necessarily get you to the cross. It just really gets you to 
a point where either that sin is manageable, you can, you know, you know what's wrong, but you can, you can live with, you can live with the um, consequences. You can live with it or, yeah. or you can live with like, you can get past it even. Right. Um, but how much oh. of, of life renewal is, is really getting down to the root of it yeah. and bringing you to the cross? And then is that a better uh, position to, or a spot to be at the end of the day, looking back at those issues? Right. Yeah. I think, I think understanding where you're getting at. And, and for me, um, it was hugely life changing. Like mm. it wasn't, it wasn't that I just don't struggle with pornography anymore. Um, I was blind and now I see. Right. right. And it's, it's more like, so, like someone. Can, yeah. So, so to be clear, we've actually done a, a mix of Christian and secular counseling just mm. in our desperation too. And I <laughs> thoroughly recommend Christian counselors. They're phenomenal. Um, but what would the difference be? Maybe I can pose that to you. What would the difference have been, you know, being in, in secular counseling when we were there versus like, you know, what, how do they differ? Is that? Yeah. 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 Basically yeah. what Andrew was alluding to, like, yeah. 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 How do you, like now you see it, it, it gives a kind of a, a better, you know, picture of, of what life is like after yeah. it's not yeah. just dealing with the sin. Cause I, I get a, I understand you could get to a point where you are just you're okay with like you say like yeah you might struggle with anger and then yeah. you can get that under control or maybe like just through self-control or mm -hmm. um maybe even praying about it and and you know god's helping you the spirit's helping you you know deal with that but it doesn't really hit you that that is the way that it's happening right yeah. and yeah um yeah, like i think it, like i like could join life renewal just for that part of it and um to really like understand the depth of that yes. is something that yeah i mean i think everyone could be struck by yes. sure. I, th I think the uh there's there's a, t a couple tools throughout the program where it, it challenges what you believe about god um and, and obviously in secular counseling that's not going to be something that's mm. going to be touched on um we've also done christian counseling and i think that is hugely helpful to mm. sometimes do to, to do both and that's not uncommon for people to do both but the difference is um you're doing this weekly mm. right you're doing this weekly yeah. and with a group of people right mm -hmm. so you're also getting them praying over you you're, they're actually bringing what you're struggling with and what you are uh um what god is allowing freedom in your life over right to be brought to the cross right yeah. just even that that tangible act of prayer and confession and um alongsiding to come alongside of each other um that is that's present there yeah. right and i, I think right. that's that's something that you know when i'm sitting in my counselor's office that's not something necessarily that's going to be there yeah. right um right yeah but they certainly have their value too i i value mine right one of the well. things i think one of the things that i um noticed through life renewal is the difference between you know just controlling my addiction mm. and giving my control over mm -hmm. to right. Jesus. Right. Yeah. And, um, through that I was able to be healed rather than, uh, I was able to be healed rather than, um, fixed. Right. Right. And I think there's, for me, there was a very strong difference there. Yeah. Um, where it's not just, it's not just get it under control. Mm. That's what I was trying to do. That's yeah. that's what got me to the mess in the first place. Right. Right. And I think 
um, yeah, I felt I felt like I just had to, you know, just use willpower. Right? Mm. I just had to, you know, get it under control. Maybe I'll go to counseling. Maybe get some tips and tricks and and yeah, just right. try to, you know, you know, like and re- remind myself week by week that it's that it's a sin, that it's a bad thing, mm. right? But I think in the in the openness of the group, I was able to, and through the homework and through prayer, um, I was able to actually just bring that instead of trying to control it and hide it. I actually brought it out and right. opened it to right. the other brothers in my group. And through that, was able to bring it to God. Right. Well, that ties into the other question I wanted to ask. Well, before we get to, I want to ask you about prayer too, but, yeah. um, and how that all ties in, but, um, you talk about hiding it. I think, I think that we could use like, um, a secular counselor, even a Christian counselor, something that's like a part from our community. Cause you know, you said it was a, it's a, it's a very tight knit community where yes. you mm-hmm. know people, um, maybe you can talk to like the fear people have, like going to life renewal and exposing this to people that they may know and, yeah. and that whole thing, as opposed to say going to counseling where no one knows and trying to get it dealt with so that you don't have to. Yeah. Mm. Um, um, yeah, I, I think, um, depending on the situation, they both have their merits, you know? Um, but I personally found that, um, showing up and seeing some faces I knew, that's terrifying. Uh, yeah. I was going to ask you like, about that Ugh. earlier when you said that. You walk yeah. in, you're like, mm-hmm. Well, I have to say this in front of I saw of you on Sunday and now you're here. Uh, right? <laughs> yep. and, 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 that, and that is very real. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't want to minimize that. That is a genuine fear. It's one that we certainly held. Um, and it's one that most people, even if you're not dealing with a big issue, mm-hmm. right? most people are just like, I'm just uncomfortable in this tight knit situation, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, we're just not talking about work and weather. Like, not a share. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so, but I think um, to uh, kind of speak the hope to that situation is, um, yeah, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. So it's, I mean, mm. you're, you're both, or the people are there to address their own lives. Yeah, right? Everybody's How, feeling the same way. And, exactly. and, and typically um, also too, if there is a conflict of interest, you know, if there's um, siblings of the same gender, we would recommend oh. that they don't go in the same group. Right. You can experience the same situation growing up and see it from two very different vantage points. And our goal right. is to have that you're able to share safely. Yeah. Right. That's the goal. So if you have a parent um, wanting to be a facilitator and they have a child, we would recommend that they don't go in that same group. Oh, yeah. Right. Exactly. Ultimately, you want them to both be able to share safely. Yeah. Mm. And um, um, so as much as you can avoid that conflict of interest, we try very hard. That's why there's more than two men's groups and mm. or there's just two there's men's two, groups yeah, and, and yeah. two women's yeah, groups. Right. Um, because at the end of the day, everybody's in that same awkward, I've got to share my mm. story or share mm-hmm. little pieces of it and trust learning how to trust people. Yeah. Um, but what happens when people begin to do that, that's, that's healing. That's absolutely mm. powerful. And then, um, the whole image Right. Maybe that's maybe you're there and you didn't know you're there to protect your image. Right. And, and that starts to fall away um, mm. if you're willing to invest in your group. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I, I, we, I went as a participant, like we went as a participant year one and then I went back mm. as a facilitator and then I went back again as a coordinator of, a, of the large group. Oh, OK. Yeah. Um, so we have facilitators running the small groups and then we have a coordinator who's, you know, kind of running the location. Or getting right. The church okay. Set up and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, it, I went first year as a participant. I was like, like what you're saying, freaking out. No, this, yeah. this is not going to be, <laughs> yeah. I know I need it, but ooh. yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And then when I came back as a facilitator, um, I couldn't believe the perspective shift for me. Mm-hmm. I saw people walking in that I knew and I was just overjoyed that they were there. Yeah. Mm. And I was just like, this is, yeah. this is going to be amazing. God is going to um, change lives again. And, yeah. right. and first of all, I was still there because I needed help still. Yeah. Um, mm. But I knew as a facilitator that I got to, I got to sit in, in my seat and, and go through my journey, but I was able to, you know, be a front row seat to what God was doing in the other guy's life. So. Yeah. Mm. And, and, and you had hope that they could borrow. Yeah. Right. Because you've seen him do a work in your life and, and they were able to borrow your hope when they had none. Mm. And so when you, like you said, when you see people's faces and you, you know them, there's something absolutely amazing about that too. Definitely. Yeah. And I I think one of the other things that I saw, um, first of all, in my own life, but also just as the group kind of carried on through the journey is that the very people that I was freaked out about, (laughs) God used them in an amazing Mm. way to heal me. Yeah. Right. And it was Mm. like, uh, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming. And it's, it's amazing though. Like it, it just, it just blew my mind. That is, I'm really scared to open up to these guys, but then they ended up just saying, I love you all the same. Yeah. That's amazing. And that's all it's it's basically, that's obviously super simplified, but that's, it just changed my life. Mm. It it, wow. it almost made integrating back into typical life and typical interactions almost challenging yeah. because you got a taste of depth and you got a taste of authenticity and it was, it was really hard. Um, like, I don't care if it's 25 and sunny tomorrow. Like, <laughs> right? Whatever, man. Exactly. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I, that's I, true. I found that actually really that's challenging. Um, but, and that's where I found when I came back after having been gone away for a year from life renewal, I was like, I'm proud. You know, I, I was like, wow, look at what God did in my life. And here I am judging other people mm-hmm. that they're struggling. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, and then that's that constant. Okay. Maybe I need to work on my attitude of pride. Um, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or just even yeah. that, you know, forgetting what God did and just becoming apathetic to what he did right. in my yeah. life. And um, to keep it going, to keep it going. Yeah. Right. Thinking I've got this and I've got the keys of my life in my hand and I can hand them all. I'll, I'll hand you the keys of my finances. I'll hand you keys of, you know, how my kids turn out or I'll hand you mm. keys to my marriage over, but this one key, no, like, yeah. I'll, I let, let me hang on hour. to this. And I, I think that's still something that is a daily wrestling. Yeah. Right. And, and that's why, you know, even something like spending time with God, do I even want to? Right. And, and just challenging those things. And, right. and that mm-hmm. that's built into the program too, is check your heart, check your motives, yep. check your priorities. And, um, it's kind of laid out like that. It addresses your sin in the first book. Mm. It addresses, um, salvation in the second book and addresses service in the last book so or guilt, grace, gratitude, right. It kind yeah. of follows sort of that same structure, even though it wasn't originally based on the catechism, okay. but it does touch on those three points based on the three books. If you yeah. were to break it down. Sure. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah. And what's yeah. that been like over what's been five years now, I guess. Eh? Like how was maybe it's too personal, but like was life renewal enough for you guys? Did you have to do counseling after that? Or what's it been like watching each other? How did it affect mm. your marriage? If you're comfortable talking about that. Yeah. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Um, so I can speak for myself. Um, I definitely had kind of just cracked open Pandora's box the first year, you know, just <laughs> mm. kind of got comfortable with some of the topics. 
Um, and, and for me, learning how to trust other people. I would say that was probably the biggest life lesson for me and just learning how to how to hear from God in his word. That sort of came at the end of the program. Mm. Um, that was kind of my first year. And um, then I took the year off. I sponsored someone and um, that was a huge privilege to walk beside them, see their journey unfold just for a short period of time in their, in their life renewal journey. And, um, and then I co-facilitated a small group and that vantage point was um, taught me that it was good to listen to other people, mm. to learn how to sit in the pit with them, and that I had no control to change hearts and lives. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was um, I don't know what year that was, 2019, 2020. And then, no, 1819. Um, and then I ended up having kind of a, a bit of a crisis situation kind of unfold around me, and I snapped. I kind of just hit a really bad spiral uh, a couple of years ago and I went, okay, God, uh, I think there's definitely some stuff I still need to dig through and work through. So I actually find myself currently dealing uh, in trauma therapy, actually. So that was life renewal kind of acted as a springboard mm. for me and acted as training wheels, if you will, for real life. You know, mm. when I'm stuck, am I going to reach out? Am I going to invite that prayer? Um, so what that looks like for me today is I definitely have a few safe key people uh, that know mm. it all. I'm still using the tools. Um, I have a prayer group <laughs> that has been life-changing for me. It's a group of women. We consider each other sisters of sorts. And yeah, we meet, we share the highs and lows, and and we pray with each other. Mm. And um, that's changed my life. As far as where we're at, um, we're not fixed, but, um, the miracle was never saving our marriage. It was, um, changing our hearts. Mm. Right. Yeah. That was just an added gift. It's yep. not everybody's story, but that was definitely, um, an added gift for us. Um, and also seeing our kids, um, being impacted in a positive way. Um, mm. but knowing that we're still not done. I still have stresses, still have fractured relationships and, and stuff that we're still working out. Um, but I know that it's, I have a savior. And I actually now know that I mattered to him. And that was something that I did not know going into this 2016. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can echo that. But um, yeah, specifically um, for me, um, yeah, going through the journey, starting in 2016 as a participant, then going back as a facilitator, then going back as a coordinator, and now sitting in mm -hmm. as executive director has been obviously a bit of a whirlwind. Um, but it's opened my eyes to so many things about who God is and how, how he operates and how he works in, in my life, but also in the lives of his people. And, um, that kind of what I shared before is like the very people that I'm scared about are, are going to be the ones where mm -hmm. he uses to impact me the most. Yep. And it's so true. I just see it happening over and over again. And, um, that has been able to. Like, I guess that truth has been able to uh, help me out in such impactful ways. And we've seen it in our marriage. We've seen it with our kids. Um, I've seen it at work. And um, it just changed the, um, changed the whole landscape, really, about how I can view people, right? Right. Um, I don't have to be super scared anymore. I don't have to, you know, feel this massive lump in my throat as soon as mm. someone starts talking about pornography or, or sexuality. I don't have to um, 
live in that fear of being found out, you know, mm. my, my, my secret life. Um, and I can actually be who I am and mm. I'm not just a sex addict. I'm a child of God. Right. I have strengths, I have weaknesses and I get to live that out. Now. Mm. And, um, yeah, seeing how that has impacted Heidi has completely, mm. um, opened my eyes to the beauty of marriage, um, mm. and how, how God uses, um, our relationship to, to his glory and for our good. And yeah. it's just like, wow, I, I wouldn't have, um, didn't see that when I got married. Right. Um, but I definitely see that now. Um, yeah. Well, it's amazing. Does it, you know, is it always there top of mind? No, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not. <laughs> no, for um, sure. But, uh, but I have, I have regular accountability and mm. I have a group that I can, um, share with and I'm pointed back by those guys. I'm pointed mm. back to the gospel and I'm pointed back to where my identity actually is. Mm. You know, I don't, I'm not just a, a landscaper that has to perform. You know, I'm not just a Christian who has to live up to standards. Mm. I'm actually loved by God just for who I am. Mm. And that's, that changes everything. Um, so one of the things that I have is a, a weekly bike group. I go yeah. cycling. Oh, yeah. And yeah. We go biking on Sundays and Sunday morning. And um, one of the things that we like to implement is halfway through the bike ride, we stop biking, we take a quick break, and we pray for each other mm. on our bike ride. And it's simple. It's very, you know, fits in. And it's like, it's hugely impactful. Um, a great way to start the week. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing I do regularly and I noticed this after I stopped coordinating actually is I needed regular accountability still. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, I didn't sign up for life for no when we were executive directors. So there was a, there was a time there where I was like starting to feel the pain and the stress and the, mm. and because I wasn't, I wasn't sharing, I wasn't yeah. actually, you know, right. I wasn't held in weekly prayer. I wasn't held in weekly accountability. So I thought, huh, I need, uh, need that yeah um and so i asked the brother in our church i said um this might be a little awkward but um do you want to be my friend <laughs> i need a friend man i think that was, said, i think oh, those were the words yeah I those think. were actually the words i yeah. kind of fleshed it out a little bit i was like you know what after my life renewal journey i need i need regular accountability and right. Just wondering if you'd be interested in that kind of a relationship and it has to be mutual. Yeah. I'd like to, to ask be. you similar yes. questions to you asking me. And, yeah. and he said, absolutely. I needed to. Mm. And, and we started meeting every week. Wow. And we just yeah, that's wonderful. Share how our week went highs, lows, you know, yeah. confessed us into each other. Um, and then prayed over each other. Mm. Yeah. That's and awesome. I, and that's, yeah, that's awesome. something that I continue to do today. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. So I guess, I think we covered a good chunk of what we wanted to cover. Do you guys want to talk about maybe um, what your roles are like as executive directors and where you want to see Life Renewal go in the future? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so our goal is to support um, each of the locations that are running. Um, okay. We're there as uh, a bit of a resource for them. Uh, we send out encouragement uh, emails every week as much as we're able. We're a little bit... Um, a little bit scatterbrained sometimes they don't always make it out on time but they're pretty gracious with us um and and those encouragement emails for instance they would just basically um yeah just encourage the, the coordinator and the facilitators um in their role that week uh we also field questions that come in you know how do we navigate group conflict how do we yep. handle conflict of interest um if this or that is is an issue how do we navigate this and full disclosure we're not 
um, we're not professionals yeah. in, in all those realms, but um, if, if they don't know the answer and we don't know the answer, we'll go find someone who does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess you could say we're fierce protectors of the safety yeah. of those in life renewal. That would be probably yeah. our, our goal. Um, how yeah. else, how else yeah, would you explain? I think, I think um, kind of our, our role is to be there for the facilitators and the coordinators primarily. Mm. Right? And to be able to help them through, through their journey, but also to um, uh, do the training. And it's, okay. and mm. obviously we're limited and this, and life knows across the country, so we can't be mm. everywhere at once. So um, Freedom Session actually has written a training program for their facilitators as well. Okay. Right. So our facilitators walk through that training um, before the season starts. Yep. Mm. Right. And, and that is a kind of sets the tone for the season. It helps the facilitator to remember that um, Jesus does the work. Right. Mm. And, and we're not there to, um, you know, fix the participants. We're there to walk alongside them. We're there to actually share our own story still and do the homework ourselves. The facilitators are encouraged, actually, they're required to walk through the entire program as well with, right. the, with the participants. Um, so our, our role is to be there for them as a resource for them. Uh, if they need someone to call uh, or if a situation arises where they need a bit of extra help to get through, um, they can give us a call. Mm -hmm. um, the other part of our role is promoting life renewal yeah. as well. And um, so uh, we had the opportunity a number of years ago to speak at the Western Ministerial as well. Uh, it was a huge privilege to be there, but we spoke specifically to our story at the time, um, as well as about the program itself. Mm. So um, uh, while they might be daunting uh, for, <laughs> for us, uh, it's, it's definitely a huge privilege to be able to do the promotions aspect too. Yeah, mm, yeah. totally. And if people want to support Life Renewal, they can donate on the website, I think. Yes. Yeah. So it is a mm. uh, um, registered uh, charity. Yeah. Um, so it's nonprofit. So we definitely... Uh, um, are are on donations basis for sure for sure and that so, just helps with books and videos and course yeah, costs that kind absolutely of so mm -hmm. there are yeah. a few members on staff uh, okay. as well so nice. i mean um we've got an administrator someone handling the finances as well yeah. um but our coordinators and facilitators are purely volunteering that's awesome so um that's that's huge yeah, yeah. great well, we'll wow. definitely link that below life renewal yeah. that's yeah thank you guys have anything else unless ty got a question well just uh I guess where can people find you like your website, but then, you know, you're all over the country. Um, BC, I guess you have, uh, was it just Fraser Valley or something? Yeah. Or, uh, um, and then Edmonton, I see Carmen. Yeah. And then a whole bunch in Ontario. Yes. Um, That's right. The best, the best place to go is the website. Uh, they're yeah. all kind of laid out right there. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. Great website. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, man, this has been like, <laughs> I think my, I'm like still shivering a little bit. <laughs> Not so alone. You're going to go, go hit the enroll tab. And <laughs> but hopefully this was uh, an easier conversation than, uh, you know, speaking to a bunch of ministers. So yeah. Um, yeah. slightly less intimidating. A little you know? bit. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, they were gracious with us. So that's yeah. good for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks for sharing your story. And I'm sure this will, you know, touch a lot of people. This might, uh, you know, hopefully lots of people will enroll. Um, the other thing is that the, um, the season's just getting going. So yes. right. yes. in your yes. area, there may be a program starting and you may be able to jump on board yet. You said yep. before week three? Yes. So uh, enrollment is open um, up until session three. So um, 
I, I, your best bet would be to go on liferenewal.ca and take a look at what location is running on what evening yep. and what session mm -hmm. they're going to be running. Um, and that would be your best bet to know, right. but, uh, you can check it out. There's no cost to attending the program, um, except for the purchase of the three books, which are $30 each book. Um, but if cost is a deterrent, um, then definitely, uh, gracious donors will be able to help out with that if that's a roadblock mm -hmm. for you. So yeah, encourage you to just check it out. Even if you're just curious. Yeah. Yeah. It can't hurt. Beautiful. So. Wow. Well, thanks guys. For I don't have anything else. Just thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for sharing your story <laughs> and, and talking about life renewal. It's been, yeah. it's been a privilege. Yeah. yeah. All right. Absolutely. And Get you next time. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We, we just wanted to say thank you as well. Yeah. For the opportunity. Absolutely. Um, and to, to be able to, to share about life renewal, but also, um, yeah, to share our story. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks guys. Keep thanks. having real talk. Catch you next time. Thanks guys. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Real Talk. You can send us your feedback by emailing us at reformedrealtalk at gmail.com. You can find us on social media by looking for the handle Reformed Real Talk. You can find us online by going to realtalkpodcast.ca. We look forward to your feedback as that's what helps us grow and improve as podcasters. Real Talk is produced by myself, Lucas Holtfluer, Tyler Vanderwood, and Tim Van Woodenberg. The theme music was created by Calvin Hutton. The table and cabinet behind me were made by Ethan Vanderwood of Eureka Woods. And finally, this sign in the studio was made by Zebra Signs. That's it for now, folks. Catch you next time. Bye-bye.